0: Well, if you're at all familiar with the music of John Adams, I think you would recognize right away that uh, that is music by Adams. In fact, that is the very beginning of his great Christmas oratorio telling the nativity story, El Nino. We heard I Sing of a Maiden, the very beginning of the oratorio. Welcome to Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bostead, and on today's program, I'm gonna feature as much as I can of this great oratorio, El Nino, by John Adams. I can't feature the whole thing because it's well over two hours long, but we'll get as much as we can. It's really classic music, but I think what's almost most important is, is the unique message that John Adams, in conjunction with director Peter Sellers, are saying. Adams had worked with Sellers quite a bit before, most famously in Nixon in China, but also Death of Klinghoffer, and most recently Dr. Atomic, for which um, Sellers also wrote the libretto. So they, they trust each other a lot. And so I think when Sellers suggested these new texts to Adams, there was definitely a feeling of trust there. Um, there are texts now that are outside of the biblical canon here telling the story. In fact, uh, a great example is music we're going to listen to right now called La Anunciacion. This is a poem by Mexican author Rosario Castellanos in which she depicts the joys and difficulties of the birth process from the woman's point of view. And uh, La Anunciacion is the Annunciation, which is that moment when the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and tells her that she's going to be giving birth to the Son of God. And, of course, we normally focus on this great news, the gospel, as we call it, the great news. But here we're hearing about it from the woman's point of view, and Adams has said several times in regards to this oratorio that it is more about the miracle of birth itself than the birth of the Savior. This is a great example of that different perspective. Let's have a listen. This is Lorraine Hunt Lieberson, mezzo-soprano, with the Deutsche Symphony Orchestra Berlin, Kent Nagano, conducting... We're going to hear La Anunciacion, and then go right into For With God No Thing Shall Be Impossible. Music of John Adams. beautiful music by Adams. You know, this is a composer we hear from a lot. He's got a a major workout every couple of years. He's a very prolific composer. But I really think, I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say that El Nino, the oratorio that we're listening to today, is amongst his very best music, right up there with Nixon in China. I just think it's so beautiful. And what a great example. We heard La Annunciación, or the Annunciation, and with For God, No Thing Shall Be Impossible. That was Lorraine Hunt Lieberson, mezzo-soprano, singing so beautifully there with the Deutsche Symphony Orchestra Berlin and Kent Nagano conducting. We also heard a couple of choirs there, as you might have noticed, at the end when it got very big and intense. That was the Theater of Voices and the London Voices performing the choral parts. Again, I'm featuring as much as I can play today of John Adams's great oratorio, El Nino. And, you know, I wish I could play everything. It's been very difficult, in fact, to decide what to put in and what to leave out. So, what I'm doing is I'm trying to tell the story, um, put in a lot of the very popular elements, all the things that we know of this very famous story, but then also feature Adams's unique twist on it. And if you're going to tell the nativity story, of course, it's a very famous story. Whether you're doing it in music or uh, as, as, as a play, you're going to have to bump up against the past. You're going to have to just deal with that, um, especially as a composer, I think, because you're definitely going to get into the territory of oh, say, Handel's Messiah, which is arguably no... I think definitely the best known setting of the uh, Nativity story. So, I'm going to play now Shake the Heavens by Adams, which uses text by Haggai, which is the exact same text that uh, Handel set in the Messiah. Haggai was um, a second temple era prophet uh, from the time of the prophets, which is shortly after the return of the Jews from the Babylonic exile. And so, this is the time when they're not very happy, they're trying to rebuild the temple, and uh, there's a lot of prophecy about the end of the world, a shakeup of the new order. And the later Christians, of course, use that to Prophecy the Coming of the Messiah. But it's not only the choice of text that's the same. The music is very similar how he deals with the singers. I think it's a very clear and self-conscious reference to Handel's Messiah. Let's have a listen to just a quick excerpt of how Handel treated this text, and then the same text as set by John Adams. Here first is the Handel.
1: And I will shake And I will shake
0: And now let's have a listen to how Adam sets the same text. Very similar, don't you think, the way that Adams sets the text, the way that uh, he uses the voice there. I think it's very definitely him uh, referencing the fact that uh, Handel's Messiah is kind of a canonical, at this point, representation of this material. But still, he brings his own twist to it. Let's have a listen now to Shake the Heavens in its entirety, but right before that, we're going to hear Joseph's dream. This is that great part in the Nativity story in which Joseph is, you know, kind of wondering why, uh, why Mary is already pregnant before they're married. He's thinking to himself, maybe he could just kind of quietly let her out of the, the arrangement. And a, an angel appears to him in a dream and says, no, no, she's going to give birth to the Son of God. So we hear Joseph's dream going right into Shake the Heavens. This is a huge cast. We're going to hear soprano Don Upshaw, Willard White, bass baritone. Daniel Bubeck, Brian Cummings, and Stephen Rickards, counter tenors. The choirs again are the Theater of Voices and London Voices. And all of this with the Deutsche Symphony Orchestra of Berlin, Kit Nagano conducting.
1: Then jaws a few. And stop talking with her, considering what he would do. Night came upon him. Behold, behold, an angel of the O son of o son David, David, fear not, fear not, fear not, to, fear take not to take unto thee, unto thee. Mary, thy wife. For oh, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy. despised at the inns and stopping places on the way. Even though you are worthy to ride in state in a chariot of gold, the large houses and costly apartments will remain empty But this comfort will remain hidden to you. Let Mary labor and give birth among animals and beasts of burden. On a cold night in a strange land, And it shall come to pass that he shall give thee rest from thy sorrow, and from thy fear, and from thy hard bondage, wherein thou wast made to serve. I will shake the heavens and the earth, and the earth, the earth. I will shake, will shake, will shake the sea. I will shake the dry land, and I will shake, shake. I will shake, shake. I will shake the heavens, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea. And the dry land It is a little while And I will shake the heavens I will shake the dry land And I will shake the earth I will shake, shake I will shake the dry land And the sea, the sea, the sea, the sea I will, I will, I will
0: shake.
1: Desire of all the nations and the desire of all the nations shall come.
2: And at another time we
0: that moment right there at the end when the voices separate into that uh, those seconds there, and there's a little bit of dissonance that I think works very well. Music by John Adams. We heard Shake the Heavens and before that, Joseph's Dream, and we compared Shake the Heavens just briefly to Handel's Messiah because structurally it's very similar, and of course it's using the exact same text by the prophet Haggai. Uh, but I don't think you'd ever hear that kind of dissonance in the Messiah, so it's very clear here that John Adams is putting his own spin on the very famous nativity story, and of course that makes it perfect for this time of year the first half of the oratorio concludes with the christmas star which is exactly what you would think it is a reference to the star of bethlehem traditionally this is um, appears in the Gospel of Matthew and is a uh, way that the uh, the Magi from the East are able to find the newborn Messiah so traditionally the star has been a kind of navigational tool or a beacon to announce the birth of Christ but here in El Nino what uh, John Adams does with it is very interesting he juxtaposes two very different texts a poem by Chilean poet Gabriela Mistral which is an evocation of uh, the ecstasy of religious revelation With uh, the mystic Hildegard of Bingen setting of the text O Quam Preciosa, or O How Precious, which I think is pretty self-evident what's being referred to here. But uh, this idea that the star itself is not a beacon or referring to the birth of Christ, but is a symbol for religious ecstasy itself, I think is very interesting and a unique idea. Let's have a listen to this music, The Christmas Star, music by John Adams from his oratorio El Nino.
1: Now she runs without a body, it's so remained it without her. her.
0: Again, very beautiful music by John Adams. I really do think that it's supporting my contention that this is among his very best works, certainly of the very large operatic works. We heard The Christmas Star from his oratorio El Nino, text by Chilean poet Gabriela Mistral, alongside a setting of text by the mystic Hildegard of Bingen. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show that features the music of contemporary composers. On today's show, I'm featuring as much as I can get of this magnificent music by John Adams from his oratorio El Nino, You can find out more information about the show on Facebook or find us on the web at relevanttones.com. I'm featuring as much as I can fit in of John Adams' great oratorio, El Nino. I wish I had time to play everything, but unfortunately it is a very big work. As I said, though, in the beginning, you know, it was an interesting balance between featuring the parts of the story that we all know and love and Adams' own unique take. So uh, continuing in that tradition now, we have two movements, Pues mi Dios ha nacido a penar, which means, because my Lord was born to suffer, again, showing the use of Latino texts here that are augmenting the, uh, the canonical Gospels. And then that will go right into when Herod heard. And here, uh, when Herod heard, of course, is a very familiar part of the story. Herod hears that somebody they're hailing as a Messiah has been born. He is confused. He thinks that it's an earthly king, somebody that is a threat to his own power. And um, he is rather reactionary about that, as we know. But what's interesting there, although that's a traditional part of the story, is that Adams actually incorporates pop music. It's a very boogie-woogie, herky-jerky kind of sound in the music there. The text for Pues Mi Dios Ha Nacido a Penar is by the 17th century Mexican nun, Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz, and it goes right into When Herod Heard. Let's have a listen. This is from our recording, featuring the soloists Don Upshaw, Lorraine Hunt-Lieberson, Willard White. Daniel Bubeck, Brian Cummings, Stephen Rickards, our choirs, Theatre of Voices, and London Voices, and of course the Deutsche Symphony Orchestra Berlin, and Kit Nagano is the conductor.
1: When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, Herod the King, the King behold.
2: I have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship
1: him. Now when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. Now when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. He privily called he his called wise men, his
2: men. His men.
1: inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared, and he and he, and he sent them, he sent them, he sent, them he sent, sent to Bethlehem. Bethlehem diligently for the young child and when you have found him bring me word again that i may come and worship
0: That bass line that permeates the music there, When Herod Heard, is usually associated with disco or, or boogie-woogie. It's an octave bass, but here it's been completely reimagined by Adam. So I said before we listened to it that there was kind of a pop sensibility there, and I stand by that, although I, I don't mean in the in the sense of a, you know, a young band like One Direction, um, but in, in the sense of just non-classical. It's not a classical bass line, but it's certainly been integrated well, and I think it is, it is upsetting. It's disjointed, as it should be. This is upsetting news uh, for Herod, as uh, we can imagine. Before that, we heard the beautiful, pues mi Dios ha nacido a penar, which means because my Lord was born to suffer. Words again there by the 17th century Mexican nun, Sor Juana Ines de la Cruz. And uh, just a a beautiful example of using text outside of what we normally think of as nativity texts to illustrate this point of uh, the nativity of of Jesus as a a more universal story, talking about birth itself as a miracle. And you know, the oratory was called El Niño, and uh, there are many articles out there that say, don't be confused, this is not referring to the weather pattern El Nino. Um, And somebody asked John Adams about it, and he said, you know, I don't have a problem if people get confused. I wanted to reference Spanish and the fact that we're using so much Spanish text. And, uh, you know, I think that the miracle of birth is very much like a a great storm or a tempest. You know, it's very tempestuous and a climactic event. So it's uh, very interesting to know that, that he certainly was thinking of that and that he's talking about birth and life as a miracle in and of itself. I also talked about the fact that he's working with the director, Peter Sellers, who's really well known for juxtaposing images of modern with ancient. For example, if uh, let's say there was an ancient massacre, like what we're going to have coming up here in a moment, um, he might have images of a modern-day massacre alongside it. We're going to hear an example of that in Herod's Slaughter of the Innocents. What Adams and Sellers have decided to do is to give it a modern perspective with a poem by Rosario Castellanos called Memorial de Tlatelolco. Tlatelolco is a place in, uh, in Mexico, and of course this refers to the Aztecs' defeat by the Conquistadors. Castellanos juxtaposes that, as bad as that was, with the 1968 confrontation between Mexican police and civilians. And so Sellers and Adams are taking that and juxtaposing it against Herod's slaughter of the innocents. And I think one of the reasons that this is so effective is it is difficult for us to imagine something that happened so long ago. But if we can imagine something in our own time, especially brought to life with the force of a poet of her talent, then it really is more stark and poignant and meaningful to us. Let's have a listen. Herod's Slaughter of the Innocents as compared to a confrontation between police and citizens in 1968. We won't be able to hear the whole thing, but here is some powerful music by John Adams, the Memorial de Tlatelolco. ¶¶ music, an excerpt of Memorial de Tlatelolco, based on a poem by Rosario Castellanos in which she depicts the violent confrontation between police and citizens in Mexico in 1968. Here, Adams and director Sellers are referencing that poem and then juxtaposing it against Herod's slaughter of the innocents in the story of the Nativity of Christ. Let's turn to something completely different now, uh, an image of peace. This is actually the end of the oratorio, a palm tree. Uh, We know how the story goes after the Herod slaughter of the innocents. Of course, Jesus escapes unharmed. He grows to manhood and becomes the savior of the world. Again, I don't unfortunately have time to uh, show all of Adam's settings of the rest of the story, so I want to jump to what I think is one of the most musically compelling parts of the oratorio, and that's the end, a palm tree might sound a little odd, what is a palm tree doing in this story, but um, in ancient Judea, and in fact in the Mediterranean world in general, the palm leaf was a symbol of peace and victory. And so I think it's actually very fitting, a perfect symbol, especially in the context of this setting of the oratorio, which it's a more universalist message of hope, peace, of birth itself as a miracle. Let's have a listen. This is a palm tree, a very peaceful setting by John Adams. We're going to hear my Triste Paris, that's the children's choir, with our friends the Theatre of Voices, and our soloists are Lorraine Hunt-Lieberson, mezzo, and Willard White, bass baritone. Of course, with the Deutsche Symphony Orchestra Berlin, Kent Nagano, conducting.
2: And at this voice, this voice, the poem went down its head to the feet of Mary, and they gathered its fruit. And
1: Up, palm, and be strong. Be a companion of my trees, which are in my father's paradise. Open a watercourse beneath your roots, which is hidden in the earth, and from it let flow waters to satisfy us. And the palm itself at once, and fountains of water very clear
0: And so the oratorio comes to an end very peacefully, I think, with that message of hope. A palm tree, and here I do believe that the palm is a symbol of hope as it would have been to the people who were alive at the time of the nativity story. Music by John Adams, the conclusion of his great oratorio, El Nino. Again, I wish I had time to feature all of it, but you can certainly get a copy of it yourself and have a listen. The performers that we listened to on this wonderful recording were Lorraine Hunt-Lieberson, mezzo-soprano, Don Upshaw, soprano, Daniel Bubeck, Brian Cummings, Stephen Rickards, countertenors, Willard White, bass baritone, we heard the Matrice de Paris, children's choir, and the Adult Choirs, Theatre of Voices, and London Voices, and the orchestra was the Deutsche Symphony Orchestra Berlin, Kent Nagano conducting. Again, I really do believe, I'm going to just say again, that I think this is among the strongest pieces of Adams. All the hallmarks of his style are there. Tuneful, if anything more tuneful than some of his other music, Um, lyrical melodies, the rhythmic drive, the use of other forms of music, but here all at the service of this great tale, this uh, story that we all know, and he does acknowledge Handel, he does acknowledge all the uh, other settings of the tale, but they put their own spin on it, and I think what's really an important message to hear at this time of year is uh, their message of universality, the miracle of birth, and with it, the miracle of the generation and regeneration of life itself. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders at WFMT with special thanks to Steve Robinson and Tony Macaluso. This series is made possible by the generous support of Grosvenor Capital Management, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, an anonymous donor, and the listener supporters of WFMT. I'm Seth Bostead, And this is the WFMT Radio Network.